Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 191 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode's brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. I just ordered some more Couchtown. I actually went a couple days without coffee just to try it. I don't recommend it. I like coffee. I'm going to drink it probably every morning, and I'm probably going to get Couchtown. I'll tell you that right now. I tried some other coffees this week, and uh, they didn't cut the mustard. I got more Couchtown coming. And I'll tell you what, it's. I just can't wait. I can't wait. It'll be here tomorrow, hopefully. But yeah, oh gosh, I can't wait. Couchtown Coffee, www.couchtowncoffee.com. They've got coffees listed there. You can tell them how you want it roasted. They'll ship it directly to your house. It's not going to get much better than that. It's not going to get much better than that. You know how it gets better is if you use the code word Audible Farm when you make an order, they will give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Check them out. This week, I'm sitting down with my buddy, Clint Riedel. Me and Clint have played a couple shows together this year. Here and there, you know, we see each other at jam nights. And uh, it's he's always just one of my favorite people to sit down and talk with about anything. It really doesn't matter what we talk about. And this week, we're kind of all over the map. I had seen some posts online recently that kind of sparked my interest. So I brought him up to Clint just to see what his take on some of those uh, things were. We talk about places he's played in the recent past as well as shows he has coming up. So, uh, yeah, this is a good episode. And uh, we did this one. We recorded this at Amigos in Fort Dodge, Iowa. So this is a pretty fun one. Check it out. It's episode 191 with Clint Riedel. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. Your host, Peter Stockdale. (laughs) Well, yeah, anyways, we're sitting down outside and uh, talking with Clint Riedel. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, buddy. But it it really hasn't, you know, because it's only been like probably like 15 or 20 episodes, maybe. Really? Maybe. Maybe tops. It felt like last fall it feels like a, well i mean that's a weird thing about doing a, a weekly podcast oh, is yeah. like 20 if, weeks slide by and it's a new season yeah, yeah. exactly it's come you know 26 weeks is half a year yeah. so if it's been 20 weeks it's been half a year but i i honestly haven't looked up for all i know it's been five episodes you know you're you're on here quite a bit but weird. this is the first time we've uh gross this is the first time we've ever uh, done a podcast outside i think uh, i've done them before but yeah that kind of it's just so nice out today i was like hey man let's go hang out at one of these venues that hires us dirty musicians to play some music yeah so yeah sitting at amigos we're sitting down at amigos today sitting down talking uh you know it's weird I, my headphones uh, i don't have headphones with me at work so i'm doing this all with no headphones we're doing it outside it's gonna be pretty nice i don't know seems to be a volleyball tournament about to start uh, might be a might be a tournament i'm not 100 percent sure what's going on here but there's always something going on down here at amigos Weird. and i i don't spend too much time here actually but like the last time i was here i played here and i saw some people ordering the pizza and i was like oh my god i gotta come back for oh, some yeah. pizza it looks so good yeah this is definitely like i support all the places that support me i drink and you know even if i didn't play there i'd drink there but this is my summertime bar you know this and sneakers like you're on the deck and oh uh, yeah you know. in the wintertime i'm not gonna lie amigos is a little claustrophobic for me but i'm also easily anxious like that you know mm-hmm. too many people and i'm short as hell it's like i gotta get out yeah and i don't know if anybody can see it there's probably like a tree and us in the way but like the river's right back over here 
and it uh, it looks absolutely amazing when you sit over there on the deck uh, out behind Amigos. And you know we were playing over there, and then when you play outside, you just play on the patio right over there too. So this is the first place that uh, Caleb Ferry and I played together. So it was like the birthplace of the Ramblers. Oh, nice. Yeah, I That's went in cool. for a coffee, and I was like, "You're that guy," <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I've been looking for you." I'm like, "I've been looking for you." So I was like, "I got a gig at Amigos tonight. What do you think?" He's like, "Sure." So he came and drummed, and uh, we didn't even have a name. So awesome. we went with those two wolves after the show. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I remember you telling me that uh, before. That's awesome. That's uh, really cool. Is there uh, any footage or anything of like that? Or? Uh, there's some rare pictures, but I don't know if anyone took video. I, actually, that's a good question to pose to the listeners. If you've got any weird, rare <laughs> highlights of me being a jackass with a guitar, you know, send it my way. It'd be fun to look back on. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's something even I recently did. Like, I was going through my phone cleaning some things out, and I was just like, oh, I've got a lot of pictures of a lot of people or venues or... You know, I go to places, and if the mood strikes me, I'll take pictures, and, you know, there's 50 pictures in a pile there, and it's like, yep. you, eventually I'll just, like, delete all the junky ones, and I'm like, I'll, I'll resend these to the person if they want to see them, they can see them then, and then I'll just get them off my phone or whatever, but... It's nice to have that uh, that availability, too. Think of all those shows in the 90s and early 2000s when, like, cell phones weren't, like, you know, capable of taking beautiful pictures and stuff. Even if you did have one of those sweet flip phones with a decent camera. Like, yeah. Like, you weren't bothering it, you know, at the shows, so... That just makes me think about, like, there is a... Like, this is the most 90s thing ever or something, and it's like LeBron James taking a picture of Stone Cold on a flip phone when he was a teenager, and it's like, oh... Mm. Yeah, and it just makes me think about all those times that, like, you, I guess I still have pretty much every phone I've ever, or every, well, I do have pretty much every phone I've ever had. I've only ever, like, lost a couple, and I've never traded one in, but um, I still have, like, all those photos, and, like, I've tried my best to, like, save all the ones that I wanted to, but it's funny when you pull up a phone, like, a flip phone picture, and it is just absolutely tiny. Oh, yeah. Like junk. It looks like the snake game, just a picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy how, like, good pictures look now like you can just take insane pictures with a phone like i record a lot of video with yeah, my phone, say, you know? this video is probably going to be better better footage than like anyone could have done with a high class actual like cinema um i don't even know how to explain it it's just so weird like i've got an old television at home mm-hmm. and watching that reminds me of what I used to think the world looked like, and now, like, you get on the Facebook and you look at it, and you're like, "Holy shit, everything is so crisp! Like, it's just insanity." Yeah, you know? everything used to be a lot warmer yeah. looking. You know, yep. uh, I think that's very apparent when I watch, and this is going to sound weird, but like, uh, I, you see it a lot in sports. I would definitely have to say so. Like, um, sports usually taken like a video and a photo aspect they take like something like slightly artistic and then apply it in a fashion that's like uh easily digestible and then like applicable to the situation so you think about like uh just the way like lighting has changed over the years and the mm-hmm. way cameras have changed over the years and if you get some of those like crazy angles they show like the replays of like on the 80s basketball stuff or like the highlight reels that aren't just the main camera from like up above yeah. They every now and then will like scan with the ball, and you'll see in the background the lights, and they'll have this. Oh, there's a bug in my face. There was like a a big, like light streak that goes with the light because it like burns it into the. Yeah, just can't keep up with it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So like that's the kind of stuff that I kind of miss that happening. You know. Me too. Like nowadays. I'm watching that uh, Me TV because I've got an antenna, and it's like all Mash and Matlock and Andy mm-hmm. Griffith. It's like, it's just so nice. And then, even watching like old documentaries in black and white, it's like. You know, oh, I you know, it makes something that is horrific look almost tolerable. You know, like war and stuff. When you see like, well, John Prine said it. You know, what blood looks like in a black and white photo. 
shadows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look as bad. As a matter of fact, yeah. there's a... So, like, the, this is going to sound weird, but, like, the WWE, uh, can, they, like, have this, like, agreement where they're trying to be, like, basically, like, a kid's show. Sure. Where it's not explicitly written that way. And for a while, it was, like, it was explicitly, like, PG. They had an agreement with a toy company to manufacture toys as long as the shows were, like, PG and made for kids. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, I'm fairly certain that was a business deal they signed. But so they, they went a long time where they wouldn't show any blood. And if they wanted to show a replay of something... Or, like, this is what happened, you know, three years ago when these guys wrestled. And they'd have to, like, show the clips in black and white. Oh, cause, yeah. Because that doesn't look... Not as offensive. It no. literally takes so much of the offensiveness mm-hmm. out, which is wild because... I mean, that makes me think about when they did that colorized version of World War II. Do you remember when yeah, that came out? Yeah, you bet. That was, a, that was a fairly big deal. I don't know if it was probably on PBS or something, but it was you a... Bet. You know, that's another one where it's like, man, this actually makes it... It, it adds realism to it that wasn't there before, so... Yeah, and I... I hate to like quote Jamie Johnson or Jimmy Johnson, whoever, but like that you should have seen it in color. It's like we, America couldn't tolerate it if we watched it in color. Oh my you know, gosh. like yeah, like the brutality of like the '60s, like the freedom marches and stuff when students are just getting bashed over the head. If like America could have saw that as they would on an iPhone today, they'd have been like, "Nope, let's quit this now." Yeah, yeah I think that's something that's kind of mind blowing too about history. Is like you know, back in the day, you know, you didn't have constant communication and like. Uh, 24-hour news that was instantly updated based on the fact that we have, like, telecommunications. You know, there's no longer mm-hmm. telecommunications. It's satellite, and everything's instantly in your hand on your phone. Yeah, and yeah you're live-streaming the action as it takes place. Yeah. And, and It's like you said, you know, back then, if there was a lot of things that were going on, you know, nowadays. You know, even back then, like, people would have probably outraged mm-hmm. quite a bit more than they did, you know. In the 80s, they blamed these guys on the background music. I think it's, like, is that Judas Priest playing? I don't know. It's not Judas Priest, but uh, yes, they did, they did blame them. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's well, like, goes to the power of music, I guess, like, and also the scapegoatiness of everybody. Like, people just want to, like, pick a scapegoat and blame them for everything. Oh, yeah. So, uh, which kind of, like, brings me to another, oh, there goes volleyball, which brings me to uh, another aspect of, like, something. So... There's uh, multiple groups online for, like, posting music stuff. And one of them is, uh, I believe it's called the Des Moines Music Scene. So there was, uh, somebody had posted in there that they were looking for somebody to book a show. And they were going to pay him $50, and all they had to do was play an hour. And it was uh, a private event. It was small. They were looking, like I said, it was 50 bucks, and they said they would feed you. You know, so it's like... Not a horrible deal if it's, like, if it's in your backyard, yeah. it's not a horrible deal. For sure. But at the same time, like kind of not the best deal you know like so that's pretty much what happened on the internet was uh a lot of people were just like oh, that's bull crap you know like who would who would take this and you know don't lowball and it turned into a big deal and it, it kind of makes sense i feel it very much both ways was it a was it a venue or was it like a it private party private, well, see, private those, event for all those, i know it was somebody's house those people I, all let off the hook but like when a venue guy comes up to you and makes you buy your own beer and like at the end of the night you know, the band owes them 140 bucks because that's happened. It's like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't I don't think this is my spot. And then, but, yeah, I will give the, the private guy a pass. Like, he doesn't know what we, you know, $100 an hour is not a lot to ask because we drive, we and practice, also, Yeah, we and pack. he doesn't have a business to yeah. back him up either. Yeah, yeah, know. he's just trying to throw a good time for his friends, apparently, and doesn't understand the ends of the music. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. There, there definitely has to be a pass there. Um for anybody wondering, like I like I said, I think it was the Des Moines music scene was the group that it was posted in, and it uh, 
it's it's there. The post is still there as far as like the day I'm recording this, and it should be up still when the podcast comes out, unless some things get really hairy. Nobody said anything mean. A lot of people are just pretty much like, this isn't worth my time. Like, if you want me to come, it's going to be like 100 or $200 an hour. You know, you're seeing some people throw out $300 an hour, which is like crazy good money. That's <laughs> it, good money. It's not, yeah. I've, you know, I'm not going to say I've made $300 an hour, but it's, it's not. There's a rarity, but you yeah, know, it's, it's, you don't expect it. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not impossible. Yep. You know, you know, for even people like us or whatever. Yeah. But like, I think the whole aspect of what kind of made it weird was like, like I've worked for $50 an hour before and I'm okay with it. But a lot of times it's like, well, this show's really nearby me. I don't have to, I bring minimal gear. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, I just pretty much just show up, plug in and play and I don't have to do anything, you right. know, so like I've lost money over a weekend just because wanting to play a certain venue, you know, mm-hmm. like like driving to Kansas City after it's all said and done, hotel rooms and gas and especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, I spent 50 bucks and had a pretty good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, and that's not a big loss because I'd spend that at the bar. But at the same time, when it's your only profession, you might want to hold on to it. That's right. true. So I think a lot of what that has to come down for is like. Like, if the show's in Des Moines, I'm just throwing out the... Now this isn't specific. I'm not pointing anyone out. But if, if the show's in Des Moines and, like, let's say you live... Let's, let's, let's say you live in, like, a, a Tumwa or something, you know? Like, of course, you're not going to drive to Des Moines for $50. Like, I get it. But, like, also, if you live in... Hey, good. How are you? If you live in Des Moines, like, that's another thing that makes me think like you know like i said if this show was in your backyard if you had to go like you know 10 blocks away and all you had to do was like an acoustic guitar and like one speaker yes please you know, yeah like that's yeah. it's okay yeah. you know i would do that for free food you know yeah um somebody else pointed out that like the event was likely before uh anybody would be booked at a venue so you could like technically like show up there with minimal gear play for an hour get f- free food and, and Le- and leave, and now your gas is paid for it here. Yeah, that's your good living. Show. Yep. You know, so there are some people that have tried to justify it and stuff, but uh, that actually had sparked another post, which is not as popular uh, in, at least uh, as of the time I'm recording this. I'd seen somebody post, like, it seems like the Des Moines music scene, for some reason, whatever reason it may or may not be, is, uh, like, smaller than other scenes. Uh, yeah, like per capita, I don't think they have a whole lot of venues. Well, at least I'm I'm not familiar enough with them. But like, I don't see a whole lot of places like you know live music in Des Moines. You know, all weekend long and stuff like that. They've got a lot of cool things like that. Um, what's it called? Something on the river, and it's like a Thursday night thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I got to start looking into those. But yeah, as far as like bars, I think Fort Dodge is really killing it. Just uh, there's a place to see a show every week or every day of the week except Monday. Yeah, I mean, there's a new place. The stadium here in town's going to start doing music mm-hmm. again. I believe Lee Klett's going to be there this weekend. I playing think so. There. Yeah, and that's so. and that's the owner of the Fireside. Hey, Neil, and uh, good people. They've had me play at the Fireside, so I'm sure they'll welcome me into the stadium. But it's just one more spot to earn a paycheck. That feels good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think like what was it last Friday when I was playing at Fort Dodge? Like there was four other shows going on. I think in town, and they were like, you know. Yeah, I showed up big, to yours. Big yeah. shows. You know, you were yep. playing. Uh, I believe Salty View was in town. Like, maybe Corey Waller was in town playing somewhere. Yeah, Frontier Days. Yeah, you he know, was so out at the fort. A, a little bit of everything going on yeah. in this town. It's so wild to think that, like, this town can support all that and, and do it, you know. And and keep the venues happy. Like, I know that they have to sell a lot of beer when my full band shows up. And it's just, it's unfortunate, but that's how it works. That's a, And they don't balk at it. You know, they'll hire a two-piece, you know, if they have to, knowing yeah. full well that it's hard to sell that much beer. But... Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing that's really out there, 
crushing it nowadays is the solo acts and the two-piece acts because I get it, like, the economy's bad or whatever, everything's kind of expensive and, and everyone wants more money and nobody wants to work or whatever. There's all these excuses and things that people are pointing at. Gas is expensive and der- derpity derp. I get it. But, like, when it all comes down to it, like, entertainment prices have not gone up. Like, no. it, it re- I, I get it. The Yes, people have... Ch- started charging a little bit more mm-hmm. and it's not you know people aren't charging now what they were charging in the 80s i understand yep. that but at the same time you also have to think to yourself you know there should be more availability if everything's more expensive shouldn't places be making more money and wouldn't they be justified to pay more people out yep but also like you have to bring people in in this economy we're now like recently almost every place i've been like the bars have increased their drink prices you know yep and it's like oh shoot you know so now people are kind of maybe going to drink less or whatever maybe i don't know i don't know how it works it's 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 a hard call like with cover charges like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm all for them if you can spend five dollars on a beer you can spend five dollars to walk in and watch like someone you know play their heart out for two hours or whatever but Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, up here in central Iowa, a lot of people see a cover charge. They turn around and go to the next town bar, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, that would have helped out the venue guy so much because it's not like, you know, 500 people are going to come walking in so I have like a killer night or anything. Mm-hmm. But it is going to offset the cost of me being there for the for the venue. And That's true. I mean, it is such. There's so many things to consider that a lot of people I feel like just don't want to consider or they don't think about. But at the same time, like, I mean, even John Wall brought it up on the podcast I did with him, uh, guitarist for Three Finger Betty. He was just like, you know, the bar's got to make money. Yep. You know, that's what it comes down to. You know, and sometimes it doesn't make sense for certain people to play certain places. Some venues are tailored more towards some things. Like, for real. Uh, uh, I get it. You can have full bands here. I've played in a full band at Amigos, but yep. I don't think it's the place Three Finger Betty would fit in. No, it's you know, just just because of the crowd. It's a different it's, it's a different ca- type of music for the crowd, and they're used to what they're used to down here. Mm-hmm. So you can read it. Yeah. And that might be the that might be the one thing that this area is lacking, though. There's not many places for original bands to play. No, there's not. Um, like rides might be one of them, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah, they open up that big uh, back room and. You know, it'll be a, a three three band bill sharing the stage up there, but it's nice that they do it. Mm-hmm. There's that one. Um, I've played up at the Eagles before. Yeah. It was the boardroom, boardroom. Yeah. so I bet they I bet they would might be willing to do it again or whatever. But like, you know, there's not many places for original bands that want to play those types of sets up here. You know, and then on top of that, the other thing that's kind of crazy about it is, like Three Finger Betty and bands like that have booked shows out of town before in towns like this that will pay musicians to come and play. And the crazy thing is, is a lot of times I will go in there and I'll, I'll split the difference between a, what a normal band would get and like what we're gonna get, you know? Cause it's not, it's like, yeah, I mean, we could come in here and be like, Three Finger Betty wants to play for three hours and we're asking 800 bucks. Like, yeah. I, I get it, but it's also like, you know, you have to understand this isn't everyone's type of music. It might not have like the retaining value as if somebody was playing Hootie and the Blowfish all night long. Or yeah, no the doubt. Heck, you know, people mm-hmm. want to hear because everyone just screams for that stuff. You know. Yeah. But sing me what I know. What is this? Yeah, exactly. So like, I also understand like the market and like things like that. But it's also pretty wild that like bands like that can leave the town that they're in and come to a different town and actually get paid like a justifiable mm-hmm. wage. You, you know, bet. like. 
Uh, what was the one? Like, and then when your fan base is down in Des Moines, you're still like playing for the door and selling your own tickets. It's like, oh man, yeah, we're getting real money up here. Yeah, we're, the... yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird because like up here we almost never sell merch. Yeah. You know, because we've played up north here, but like when we play in Des Moines, we just sell piles of merch and it's wild. But like, is that because they're not charging at the door? So people have disposable money, they'll just buy a shirt. Yeah. Or like, do people like us and they're buying shirts? Believe it or not, we're selling a lot of shirts. It's kind of wild. Right on. But, but at the same time, like. You come up here, it's like we don't sell any shirts, but we all actually got paid money, you know. But then you have to like hope that you brought enough people in, and you're not gonna like alienate yourself from this venue ever, you know. Yeah, that's. But we've played at a couple different bars in Humboldt, both times getting paid, and like what we did in situations like that was it's like uh, we want to get paid this much per hour, and we also want to have an opener come in for an hour and play, and so it's it's an hour of them, two hours of us with a switch over. That's three hours of pay. Yep. we'll eat the switch over time but you know we'll pretty much be, have music for like three and a half hours yep and uh it's wild because like the bands we've brought along with like you hand them a wad of cash and tell them thank you and they're just like what like, it's <laughs> i've like, been doing this for love it's yeah like, oh, it's, it's hard to eat yeah and I, I mean i understand not every venue is stiffing everybody you know and not every venue can afford to pay everybody you know but I've been in bars that were just jammed full, and then at the end of the night, it's like, what's the payout? It's like 70 bucks. It's like, okay, like I feel like it should be more, but at the same time, I, I'm not the one that's in charge of the accounting books, so yeah. I don't know what they're actually making. And, and there's so many, like, you know, possibilities. Like, the doorman could have been like, everybody go in there, I'm going to go smoke, I'll be back in 10 minutes, you know, so, like, you missed 40 people. And, I've, yeah. I've seen the the door guys show up 40 minutes late to a show. and, and uh, The place the, is the, already yeah, packed. The place is yeah. already full. I've seen that happen, and then they're just like, well, sorry, and it's like, thanks, you know, I've seen that happen. You take it out of the doorman's pay, because we were here working. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen a lot of goofy stuff. I've seen a lot of goofy stuff stuff like that but it's uh it is just what it is you know and the other thing we also like don't consider up here is we're kind of lucky uh we don't have to pay like the outrageous property taxes that probably come along with living in des moines true like, yep um i don't know what they are uh, you could go look them up it's all public information yep. but it's still like it's just things it's like i don't know if i would want to <laughs> worry about you know coming up with that chunk of change at the end of the month or whatever you yeah. know or whatever the, they pay it every six months and the only downside of playing up here it is cheap living and there's quite a few opportunities but if you ever want to break out of town it's like a, a geographical oddity two hours from freaking everywhere you know it's just yeah. like oh, i'm gonna go play in mankato all right get ready for a three-hour drive and then set up and then you know yep. and then oh, i'm going down to st louis well get ready for a long freaking day yeah, and I mean, it is what it is. It's not like it's any shorter from Des Moines either, though. But, True. like, the cool thing about up here is you can, you know, play a few shows here and make just enough money to, like, gather up what you're going to spend in gas getting to St. Louis. That's and back, exactly, you know? yeah, that's exactly the rhythm right now. Speaking of which, you were down in southeast Iowa not too long ago, weren't you? Uh, where was I? Yeah, I just played, Um, it was a benefit for Ukraine. It was oh, to yeah. Ukraine from Iowa with love. Uh, this sweet old-timer down there, uh, Mr. Donaldson. He set it all up. He said it's all because he was sitting at home watching the television and his wife was getting so mad at him, getting mad at the television. She's like, just do something about it. And he's <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. I'm a musician. So he called up a bunch of musician friends and then uh, Brian Job from Keokuk, the radio down there, mm -hmm. he put out a post and said, you know, who's willing to s spare some time? So drove four hours, played about 35 minutes, and drove four hours back, all for a good cause. That's awesome. That's yep. really cool. You know, yep. shout out to uh, Brian Joe. Brian's yeah, man, buddy. Brian's man cave. Yeah, I'll be on the radio with him uh, tomorrow morning. I got a call. No, Friday morning I got to call the station because uh, I'll be playing in Iowa City, but I can't get to Keokuk at 11 a.m. That's yeah, just impossible. Yeah, too much. Yeah. I playing mean, the night before. I'll be playing at Clarion tomorrow. So 
Yeah. All right, so tomorrow being Thursday. So if you're listening to this day, it came out, Clint's playing Clarion yeah. <laughs> tonight. So. Head on over. Yeah, I mean, it's that's one of the things I really... It's one of the things I really like about this area is like, like you said, even though like you might be booked up and like, you know, I've, I've done enough bookings of Fort Dodge. It's like, well, you can always, you know, come up to Humboldt and play a show, go to Clarion and play a show. You know, Iowa Falls is a little ways away, but you can go over there and play a show, you yeah. know, and there's just all these towns around, uh, you know, you can hit up Emmitsburg or whatever, you know, there's all these places and they are a drive, yep. Yep. but it's still, it's still worth it. Oh, definitely. And if the gas prices go down a little bit, my Ford Focus does fine. Hauls all my gear, gets me there, at, you know, 36 miles per gallon. So yep. it's not a struggle to get to these places. It's just the time management. And I'm getting older, so, like, the car camping, I've been spoiling myself the past two years staying in motels when I'm, you know, more than a night drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I will have to say, like, I'm used to spending a lot of money on gas. I'm used to driving a lot and putting a lot of windshield time in. but. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting tired of filling up my car, I'll say that. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, when you're already spending a lot of money, and then that doubles, like, in the course of a year. And, and that goes back to, we haven't, I haven't raised my price for, uh, you know, an hour has been $100 for I don't know how long now, since the beginning. Well, I used to be, like, 50 bucks an hour when I started out, you know, make 100 bucks in two hours and call it a win, and then I realized... You know, that's fine, but you're, and Chris Carr brought it up to me. He's like, you know, you sh- really should just expect more. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, it's not even about you. It's about the rest of us. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you're doing that for 50 bucks, what are they going to say when I ask for 200 mm-hmm. And I was like, I get it. It's yeah. the it's the lowering of the bar. Yep. Somebody brought that up in that uh, Facebook post was uh, you sh- shouldn't lower the bar for your fellow musicians. You're hurting, hurting yep. the market. So, like, the first place I ever really saw that happen which was pretty wild was in professional wrestling so like in independent wrestling there's dudes that'll charge uh, i don't know what the going rates are now but there's there's dudes that'll work for free and there's dudes that it says i'll i'll come to your town but you have to at least pay me a hundred dollars you know and there are a couple of those venues where they're like here it's exposure there ain't a whole lot of pay and it's like man facebook's exposure but thank you very much unless it's you know a real sweet spot real good opportunity i won't turn it down i won't lie about that but um yeah, it's almost an insult to the rest of us musicians. Like, yeah, yeah, so that was the big argument was like some of these places that might not be able to draw a lot of people. You know, let's just say there's ten bucks a ten bucks a ticket and there's fifty people. That's five hundred bucks. You know, yeah, you can't that's... pay you can't pay every wrestler a hundred dollars. You'd only have five people wrestling. Exactly. You know, so and then nobody else will get paid. Who's gonna pay the sound guy? Who's gonna pay? Mm-hmm. Whoever. Yeah, somebody you know? had to set the ring up. Yep. Exactly. So you end up running into this situation where it's like not everyone can get paid, but then again. Maybe they could, but it's just the way it works. But th- there was a big argument going for a while that, like, the whole gist with this is if you're a new person, you kind of want to get exposure by just going places and understanding the business. So they would just pile in a car with some veterans, go to a place, not wrestle. They might sit in the crowd. They might sit in the back. They just kind of, like, sit around and watch and kind of see how they're supposed to act and, yep. you know, just learn from everybody. So they're, they're doing that, but then there might be instances where they bring some new guys with, and they're like, we're short somebody. Do you have your trunks with you? And they say, yeah. And it's like, I'm, you'll have to work for free, but I've got a spot for you yep. or whatever. And these people will work for a hot dog and a handshake, which is my joke about that, yeah. but which is a thing, you know. And, you know, yeah. Some wrestlers are going to be like, who gets hot dogs? I want a hot dog. Yeah. If there's any pro wrestlers listening to this, haha. But But I get it, though. It's just kind of the way it works, but there's some of those people who are just like, don't lowball the rest of us by going in there and just offering to work for free though no doubt you yeah know, like if if it's a situation where that's a thing you, you can i guess if you want to but like don't just call people up and be like i'll work for free yeah just chopping legs out from under from uh, under everybody well. you know and uh 
I don't know. That's just one of those weird things where you kind of also get what you pay for, though, too. Like, I know if somebody's going to pay me more money, I'm going to show up. Oh, uh, I'm going to bring a... I'm going to respect the pay level, too. I mean, I'm not going to play down but if it's if it's a lesser wage, but at the same time, like, if someone's expecting that much out of me and they have this much faith in me, oh, my God, and they reflect it in dollar signs, yeah, I'm going to throw them a hard show. Yeah. yeah, like, we've been places where it's, like, no breaks, you know? Yep, it's, exactly. Sorry, no breaks, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just... It sucks. My fingers hurt. I want to take a break, mm-hmm. but no breaks tonight because it's they're paying well and people are tipping, you know, and people are listening. So it's no, you know, that's the kind of place where it's like, yes, I understand. But like you said, if somebody's paying you less, it's kind of like I'll tell a couple jokes over the mic and we'll talk in between songs or something, you know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be as super business about it as I, you know, normally could be. Or like, it's just like we're bringing the full Monty here. We're bringing the high end gear. We're bringing all of the active speakers. Setup we're takes all the twenty lights. minutes longer than it you should. Know, we're and bringing yep. everything. You know, it might it might take two full car loads to get everything here or whatever. You know, so I mean that's it's not like we're like you said we're not playing down or like downgrading anything really if we nope. play to less. But it's just it's no different than anybody offering like a package for a certain deal. You know, like everyone does that. Every type of band does that. I mean. The Pork Tornadoes do that, and they're pretty much one of the premier bands no you know, r- running around Iowa right now. So. Just killing it right now. Which, yeah. that's another thing I, I kind of wanted to bring up. So, like, somebody brought up in this group, like, how do you get, maybe not just the, they were referencing the Des Moines scene, but how do you get people to support one another if that's something that you view as, like, an issue? And so that's, like, maybe, like, the open-ended question is, like, is that what is that what's missing in yep. certain scenes? Is that what, you know, could we even use more of that up here? Because... For a long time, you know, the guys in the Pork Tornadoes, especially Mike, would try their best to, like, go into groups and, and share this information that he had with people. And then people would kind of crap on him, you know, being yeah. like, you know, it feels like you're talking down to us or whatever. And he's like, I'm just telling you, if you want this, this is what we had to do to get there. And this is what a lot of people had to do to get there. So it might help you if you do this, you know, or whatever. Yep. You don't have to. No, it's just this is what worked for us. Yeah. Yep. But they, he's always been out there supporting people, so much so to the fact that the pork tornadoes can go places and I don't want to say demand, but they can pretty much set their price. Oh, and yeah. part of that price is we're going to pay the opener. Yeah, and they'll choose their opener. And they choose their opener. It's well, usually semi-local to the area, so they're pulling in people from every part of the state to open up for them. Yeah. It's, uh, that's the kind of support that we need from, from the bands to other bands, yep. I would definitely have to say. so. And, and there is quite a bit of it up here. Uh, I, I don't know how many times, even just this last week, uh, Jesse sent me a message saying, hey, I'm booked this weekend, thought of you first, reach out to so-and-so, you know, so you do that, and it didn't work out. And then there's other examples of just, uh, I saw Lee Klett had posted, like, hey, I can't make this, and if somebody could reach out, you know, and three people tagged me in it, you know, they're all just looking out for each other. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lee's getting really good at that, too. Like, Lee's to the point now where he's getting a lot of bookings, yes, but, like, it was something to the effect of, he, I don't think he was double booked, but I think they had asked him to book, play that show or whatever, and he couldn't do it. He just opened it up to anyone because yeah. it was kind of a short notice type deal, and he was like, hey, somebody somebody will want, I know will want to take yeah, this. Exactly. If somebody's not, if somebody's not working, they will. Yep. Is. Which is kind of, you know, I don't think there's any gatekeeping going on up here at all. I mean, like, obviously certain bands fit into certain venues oh, a little definitely. bit better. but like Yeah, like, I'll tell Jesse and you guys to go haul ass in this honky-tonk that, you know, I lied my way into and then kind of fumbled through, but really they just wanted, you know, your style of music the whole night, and I just made my way through it. And I think Jesse does the same for me, honestly. He's really good at passing on information, like, you would kill it here. Mm -hmm. It's like, thanks, man. Yeah, Yeah, there's somewhere I have fun playing. I usually tell someone, like, 
you guys played here before? Because I like this place is pretty fun. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, and we're all musicians, so that's like we don't talk about work all day, mind you, but we don't have anything else to do. <laughs> so like it's like, hey man, how was your weekend? And then you talk about the venue or you know who threw up and yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really fun going to places. I mean, it's not like some venues. It's not that places suck, and it's not that I don't have fun in some places. But definitely some places, whether it's the clientele or the the way the places run or like the management there or whatever it's just like this place hauls ass and i love it here i just love it here you know and i just have so much fun at certain places where i i just got to make sure other people like you you got to try this place you know and like not just throwing it i don't want to just throw it out there and call it out there but bootleggers you know oh, high, God, high yeah. Nate, uh, yeah you know? no doubt man that's the premier spot in fort dodge for like friday night late music yes. he, he just he always wants you to play till one and sometimes you know you're drained but the crowd flips and then all of a sudden it gets bigger and wilder and you're like okay i got an extra hour in me let's go yeah that's it's a wild crowd base there because you end up with like an early crowd and a late crowd if you play a four-hour show yep. like it starts out with like older people and then it ends up with like younger people coming out of nowhere <laughs> oh and, and by the way nate you're the only one i play a four-hour show for like i've come to realize i don't want to hear any band for four hours let alone myself yeah uh i i don't know the four-hour show thing's fun i think they should still be getting booked but the opening hour should go towards new musicians definitely yes um, like if I had an opener for a four-hour show, that would be heaven. But it's, oh my God. you know, I'm always showing up by myself, or hopefully you or Brad come along, and that's about it. Dude, if I could sing well enough or, like, pull off an hour set, like, I could sing a few songs well enough because I've done it enough, but, sure. like, you know, if I could sing well enough to pull off an hour, I would just, I would absolutely love to open up for some people somewhere sometime, but there's so many people out here just, just crushing it. They're like, not to say, like, everyone's super good at singing, but there's a lot of people out here that are doing the singer-songwriter solo acoustic act yep. and just nailing it. Oh, yeah, like, like Jefferson Fossbender, he's, he's coming on I the scene. Yeah. And, you know, like, DJ, he's still plugging away at it down in Iowa Falls. He's yep. He's got a little different, like, area that he works out just because, you know, that's an hour to him to go over there, and mm -hmm. it's two and a half hours for us to go over there. So he doesn't get into Fort Dodge much, but he's still killing it. And, yep. Oh, God. Yeah, Jordan still... makes his appearance every now and then, but he's doing good things with stones and jewelry and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the, the typicals, the you and Jeremy Ober and Chris Carr and sure. Jesse Wilson. Because, I mean, as many shows as I've played with Jesse this year, I bet he's played just as many solo sure like yep. probably more trying know? to eat uh, yeah yeah dude <laughs> gotta eat man's gotta eat randy what mm. are you doing with all those cheeseburgers man's gotta eat uh what, what are you doing with the smoky hat on randy all right we're done with the trailer park boys references <laughs> but and, oh and there's more venues opening up uh creekside i got to use oh. one of their cabins to try and start recording an al a second album and or third album i don't even know but um yeah, and they were kind enough, like, you're a dirty folk musician, these are expensive cabins. I'm like, yep, let's swap some shows. And mm -hmm. worked out great. I've played a couple of their bike nights, and yep. they're starting to come alive over there. Heck, yep. it's going on right now. Yeah, I played one of those with you here not, not too long yeah, ago, a couple we weeks back. Yeah, out there. It uh, sounded really good. Inside of one of those grain bin bars, if you've seen those built around, they're starting to become in fad. But uh, mm -hmm. surprisingly enough, sounded like an angel. Yeah, what do they call them, like a grain bin zebo ah oh, checks you know, out grain bin gazebo or whatever yeah. if, if you don't get the gist it's like uh cut the top off a grain bin and then cut what's left in half and then put sticks in the grain bin and then put the top back on the sticks so you have this like open area like a gazebo yeah like the dnr should be all over that those should be the new shelter houses around you know like no maintenance you've got tin and some treated lumber just 
hope no homeless person pooped in it like that time we shot my music video. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, which is, you know. That was the bus station, a little, though. A little wild. That's, that's the way she goes, though. This, uh, <laughs> looked over at the per- I was sitting in the perfect spot for this take of me playing a guitar and looking all pensive. And I was like, man, it stinks. And I look over, and here's this... The dude thought to bring the toilet paper. I'll give him that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> very classic. Yep. Yeah, the little big town here in Fort Dodge. Gotta love it. It's just—it's kind of weird though. Like when I was growing up, I'd like come here, and you know, it's like Fort Dodge. This is where all the places to eat are. This is where the mall was at. This is where you know Target and Walmart are at, and all that stuff. You know, my only other option where I lived was to go to the opposite direction, like ten minutes longer, to go to Algona. You know, pretty much, yep. and that was like. They had a Kmart, you know, they didn't have a whole lot. They had some stuff, but they didn't have a whole lot. There, I'm old so. enough. Belmont had, like, a, a, a thriving downtown. There was, like, a jewelry store, a family-owned jewelry, family-owned clothing, a shoe store, a country western store, stuff like that. But um, mid-'90s, everything just died. Thanks, mm-hmm. Walmart. Yep, yep. But, yeah, I remember, I mean, that was that was the thing was just, you know, coming down here to Fort Dodge. But now that I play here a lot more, and I find myself – coming down here and going to shows to watch you know my friends and stuff and i i would i don't know i I don't drink so i don't really have much reason to go to a bar and it's kind of weird but at the same time i also think to myself you know i can go there and hang out with people i don't have to drink or whatever but i i do (laughs) (laughs) well i'm like finding myself now going to places and i mean it's it's usually places where i know a lot of people like i've played to bootleggers enough where i'm friendly enough with like the clientele there and i know some of the people there personally and stuff yeah, like that. And the you bartenders know. treat you right. Yeah, everyone's really nice there. So, like, I, you know, I'll go there and watch anybody play. But, you know, I also, like, I know Nate who owns it, you know, so it's like Nate books a lot of... Oh, he's so damn supportive. Just another tip of the hat to Nate. Uh, he comes out to the jam on Tuesday that I run, and I swear half the time he's just scouting. Like, you know, I, I got a buddy I just saw. I was playing in Clear Lake, and I got done with my show, caught some other guy's show. Turns out he's a super cool fucking dude, heck of a dude. And uh, he uh, he's like, well, I'm going to have to come down to this to this jam you're running, man. This would be fun. And I'm like, yeah. And then there's this guy, Nate. He'll probably be there and, you know, try to hire you. He's like, oh, sounds horrible. You know, yeah. that's that's just Nate. He's like, well, if, if you got faith in him, I'll come check it out. I don't know how many times he's picked me up and taken me over to Byron's just to, like, see a new act, you know. And yep. He's a good dude that way. He's, yeah, and I mean, he's invested. I mean, it's not like a super guarantee. He's just going to, like, rando book everyone. But oh, I've, no, but not I've, everybody's good enough by any means. But I've yeah. seen him, like... Like, I was in Iowa City with him once uh, playing, and he just came to watch us, and he booked somebody, like, out of Iowa City to like, come up here and play. It's like, you know, it's Oh, thing. man, what was that guy's name? Michael Husky. Michael Husky, yeah. yeah. He's coming yeah. back. He's going to play a show here He's sometime. another one of those dudes just out there living the life. I think it's this month. I'll have to, I have to check. I think he's playing bootleggers. You just have to uh, check out that bootleggers page if you guys are looking for, you know, a watering hole to watch some music at. Definitely. And um, if you run into Dirty Rob... Punch him in the nose. Tell him it's from me. <laughs> uh, uh, that statement was not endorsed by Audible Farm <laughs> Podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there's so many cool places. You know, the more I play, the more places I go to. I'm just like, ah, these are these are kind of cool places to go hang out or whatever, you know. And I miss the bar scene, you know. Like, yeah. I I maybe don't miss uh, all of it, but I do miss like you know the social aspect of going to a bar. Uh, it's it's fun, and I especially like. You know, for people like me that don't drink, it's nice when a bar at least has something else to do, whether it's like music or food or something, you know, something, something else. Something that you'll gravitate besides keep, just like keep not me, remembering. Yeah, but keep me interested, you know, because uh, if it's just a place that like only has alcohol, it's like, well, if there's 
If there's no music, I'm definitely not coming here. But it's also like the the, bar, the business isn't made for me. But that music yeah. is what keeps me coming back, you know. And I'm oh. trying to think of who did I come who did I come watch at Bootleggers not too long ago. Matt Woods. Uh, he's coming this weekend. Oh sweet! I'm trying to move around some some band rehearsals and things so I can actually. Yeah, no doubt. I love that show. I'll be. Yeah, in, he's so good. I'll be in Iowa City, unfortunately, Matt. Otherwise, I love catching your show. Yeah, he's gonna be there with his full band. Uh, I oh, believe. of course. I don't know. I got, oh, I got my Matt Woods shirt on. There you go. I, you know, I'm, I usually have something Matt Woods on. No, just kidding. But that's another thing. Is like I, I love to try my best to support people and like. I swear that's all you own is like other other people's merch and then an Audible Farm sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wear the Audible Farm hoodie everywhere. It's like a safety blanket. But oh, it's a wonderful hoodie too. I don't know what brand it is, but it's perfect. Yeah, like it's, the fluffy ones with the zipper. Yeah, they're nice. They're not. They're warm, but not too hot. You know, like that's the problem I have with like some hoodies is it's just like this thing is like thick like this is like it's cold out and I'm wearing this to stay warm instead of a coat yeah I think thick. I got my I'm riding my motorcycle and I think I got it under my jacket I'm not sure it's black so it's gotta be yeah 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 I mean uh going back to like supporting musicians and things like that like what are some things within the scene that you think need to change maybe not in Fort Dodge or maybe Fort Dodge could also do it better but like there's a lot of support people have for one another because I mean you'll go to see emily johnson play and there's you know five other musicians there you know you or whatever it, yeah. whatever it happens to be yeah and, we all pack around each other um i think the only thing that would improve the music scene in fort dodge is probably just like um new blood but that seems to be coming along all the time with like formation of new bands it might you know still the same 10 people are rotating around into 10 different bands but it's just it's awesome to see that connection how mm-hmm. like like cory waller and the wicked things like Love Caleb. That's my drummer. He's drumming for uh, Corey. And, you know, like, I remember when Caleb and I first started playing, like, we were referencing right here in Amigos, and he looked at me and he said, you know, like, 16-year-old Caleb would have just beat my own ass right now for playing this. I'm like, what do you mean, man? He's like, Bob Dylan, 16-year-old me wouldn't understand that, and I would have just fist-fought myself. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. But the evolution of everything is just really neat to watch, just a... yeah, if we could get a few more Jordan Reuters and Jeremy Obers around here, that'd be great. Yeah, because I mean, there is so many venues. Like you can never, you can never not see live music. So you might as well see a whole lot of new live music. Yeah, it's a thing that's happening though. Because like, even though there might not be new blood like in the town or from like just the immediate surrounding area, yep. like me being 20 minutes away, there is still that aspect of you know. Yeah, like he's getting Matt to come in. Yeah, Matt and, Woods and your Lee Kletz. And, and I've seen my buddy Jay Jeffrey Meserall come down here. You know, he's yep. in Boone now, so it's not too far. Hey, he's gonna have a baby. Nice. Congratulations. Yep. So you end up with like a bunch of that kind of aspect happening too, where it's it's there's new blood here, but it's uh it's always fun when new people come around, you know. Uh, you having been running a jam for what six yeah, plus six, years now, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that with your jam, you know. It kind of reflects what's going on in the music scene, maybe to an aspect, maybe not 100, percent but it's just like these people frequented for like two years and then they quit coming, and then new people came in and those people were always here, you know. Yep. And, you know, I've been going for three years now, or whatever. About half the jam, maybe. And how many, uh, how many like strangers do you think you've seen? Like people you weren't already aware of, like the Jeremys and Chris's and stuff. Like a I, lot. I was gonna say, there's probably been a good two dozen random people that have at least picked up an instrument once in there that I've, I've just seen and been surprised by. Yeah, uh, one one that was kind of fun was like, uh, so Nisha was one oh, that God, I thought yeah. of. So like. Yep. 
unsuspecting, like, she's like, I play, I'm okay, or whatever, you know, she's very unassuming, and then she goes up there and crushes it, and she's like, eh, it wasn't that good, and it's like, shut up, oh, I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm like mad that you don't think that's good, or whatever, but. And I'll be honest, like, girls are just born able to sing, I've said it a million times, you guys have beautiful voices, just use them, but like, for a girl to really excel at singing, like, it takes some work and practice, and you know, just like with playing a guitar, but, uh. Yeah, Nisha's got a badass voice. She can really sing, but to be that humble, it's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Get up there and kill them. Yeah, s mm -hmm. sing more, please, yep. you know. Um, but, I mean, that's one where it's just like, I wouldn't mind seeing her opening up for somebody, like giving, a, giving her a half an hour in front of you or something. Yeah, definitely. Or something, I've, I've offered a hundred times, and she's just, she says she's not ready yet, but I'm here to tell you, you're ready, Nisha. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, I mean, there's there's there are new people coming in and out, you know, and like you said, that's like that was like one of the first ones at Bootleggers I was thinking. I was like, oh, I've never seen this person before, and. That was like the first place I ever saw Emily Johnson play. Oh, I remember like that one. I was, just, I was just like, mm hmm what? Like, <laughs> okay, this is good. Yeah, that chick wails. Yep, yep. She sings very well. And her song selection. I really like like the covers that she does. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that song, but you're, you're nailing it. Yep, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, maybe, maybe it would fit in pretty well. Because like I said, there's a lot of singer-songwriters in the area, but everybody kind of has like a slightly different song choice. Mm -hmm. I mean... I, I don't know if that's by design, but there are like there's like a billion songs, so like you can choose whatever you want. Yeah, you know? it just shows the personality of the artist up there trying mm -hmm. to get their soul across. Like, when he's playing a lot of John Hartford and John Prine, he must smoke some rope, you know? Yeah, well, yeah but I, mean, I was talking to like Vinny, how I was thinking, I was like, I kind of want to start my own band, uh, maybe, you know, uh, Vince Beneshek. And, you know, I was thinking about like, what would I play you know and I, I he's like well just send me like five or six songs or whatever so i sent him a list and a lot of them are songs that most people wouldn't know and he's like i like to play what i like to play you know like mm -hmm. there is that aspect of you kind of should play what other people want to hear but like yeah because yeah, I've, I've tried out as a rhythm guitarist for another band remain unnamed and i was just like at the end of the day i went to a few practices and i was like i can do it but do i want to do it yeah. not so much you know and then just politely you know just back off from it and Mm -hmm. retreat <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know i want to say i've sold my soul but like you said you know about caleb like 16 year old him would be pissed same deal you know like 16 year old me would just be like what the hell are you doing yeah like you, know, like, you don't know any of these songs what are you thinking man but yeah. you know it's fun to play even you know new is fun i'll agree new with is that fun yeah and that's pretty much what it comes down to is i'm just having i'm just having fun playing guitar mm -hmm. you know uh you know, getting paid is an absolute bonus on top of it because I went so many years playing guitar at shows and, and basically not getting paid, you that, know? That floors me. Like, I got into this business really late. I was, you know, in my 30s and stuff, already had a couple lives under my belt. And uh, to hear, like, you and Caleb and even Jeremy talk about, like, the old days to where it's like you'd have five bands on the bill and at the end of the night, like, you owe them 20 bucks because you had, like, four sodas at this place, you yep. know? And, yeah, it's, it's totally a thing, and it's 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 not like it totally was a thing. It is a scene. It's a thing. Like uh, there's a whole scene based off of that, which I think needs to absolutely change. But it comes right back down to what we were arguing earlier, where it's like, if there's people that are out there that are willing to do it for free, yep, you, you can't fault them for doing it. And I I was right along there for a while. You know, nobody knows your name for the first year unless you're, you know, like Emily Johnson or something coming out swinging. Yeah. So yeah, I was just just hoping and praying for at least two shows a week to stay alive and you know if it was a $50 show it was one of two so I'd take it yeah and it's I almost don't want to say it because it sounds kind of dickish but like I was listening to a comedy podcast and somebody was the long story short was somebody was trying to say 
to somebody else like you're not funny and basically the person says you don't get to decide that they get to decide that yep and so that's what it all that's what it comes down to is the crowd gets to decide everything yep whether or not i get there's some people are like i want to have some artistic integrity go for it but if you're if you want to appeal to the masses, you've got to do something that the masses will take to. Yeah, definitely. You can't be mad. Like, I, I've opened up for metal artists. Like, I was an in-betweener. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but, like, the bass player started tuning up while I was still in the middle of my set and stuff like that and, you know, didn't have his volume down by any means. And I was just... So, yeah, not all rooms are for you, but at the same time, I was connecting with a few people in the crowd just having a great time. And so it's it's not up to the band after me to be like, well, he's done, and then start tuning up. It's mm-hmm. like, no, man, let these cats decide. Yeah, I mean, but that's the other end is you can't also go in there and be like, three people came to see my band and we're just going to, we should be the fucking you know, yeah. second headliner because we've been doing this longer. It's like, well... You know, the people, it's unfortunate, but the people do vote, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so, or like if you're a band that never brings anyone or can't bring anyone or, you know, I get it like, oh yeah, big deal. These, these people are all from this town and they're, they bring all their buddies and all they do is just get wasted at the bar. It's like, well, guess what? The fans vote and these people brought more fans and they love hanging out with these dudes and, and the business is happy. So like they should probably headline, you know, yep. like it's just the way it works. I get it. Like you might think like, oh, we've been playing longer. It's like, well, I get it. I get it. Yep. But like, it all it, comes down to dollar signs. Unfortunately, it, it honestly does. Well, well not for us per se, but you know, for yes. the venue, they're going to be like, uh, no, cause you're going to play and everyone's going to leave, you know, after you're done. And yep. these are five more bands to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there's venues that don't enforce that. And there's bands that'll do that shit too, where it's like, just pull up and take all their fans with them when they're done. Yeah. yeah it's like three bands on a bill and they're just like, we're playing first. And it's like, why are you guys playing first? You have the most people here. And they're just like, we want to go back and party at my place. And it's like, oh, bummer. Just going to screw us over and the venue doesn't say anything about it, which is, it's a thing. And I mean, party in the alley and then uh, go play your set later. Yeah. You know, once again, it's not my, I'm not running the venues and I'm not promoting shows and booking shows. So nope. I, uh, I just kind of like observe and report at this point. But it's also, I was, I think there definitely needs to be something that's different, done differently about like the, what I would call like the independent original artist, local mm-hmm. music, whatever, you know, we were talking three, four, five bands on a show type shows, you know, like something needs to change with that. But I mean, 15 years ago when I was out of high school and I was going to shows down in Des Moines, it was one of those things where you go to shows, it's five bucks at the door, which was, you know, minimum wage, an hour of work. Yeah, right no then, doubt. You know? And nowadays minimum wage is up and everybody, I mean, there's almost no jobs that pay minimum wage now. As, like, it's so low. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't survive. You never could survive on minimum no, wage. No, and now, now it would be impossible. So like <laughs> The masses have said so. Yeah. So it's this point where, like, should it be 10 bucks to get into a show now? Yeah. But, like, now there's less places to play in Des Moines, and nobody charges at the door. And it's so there's, like, occasionally, like, two places that will. Is Valair, did I hear a rumor that Valair's getting bought again? Like it's going to reopen? Yeah, somebody else rebought it and they're going to, I think the guy, the guy, I think, I don't know if it's a guy, I think whoever, whether it's a company or person, owns Woolies bought it, if oh, I'm okay. not mistaken. So I think it'll be well taken care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And they know how to run a music venue because Woolies, Obviously, is, you yeah, know, it works. They're pulling in some real names. It they're, works. <laughs> they let some local guys open too, which is yep. phenomenal. I still have to get my foot in that door sometime. Like, that'd be crazy. I, I've seen Hayes Carl play there. <laughs> Hayes Carl, I would love to open for you if you're listening. Oh, man, that'd be so nuts. That'd be so nuts. But yeah, I mean, I think what you've been to places in Des Moines. So, like, you you know what Woolies looks like. You've been, probably been to Valair before. Yep. Maybe not to play, but you've seen these places. Yep. 
uh, Lefties. I think you've played there before. Yep. You've also been to Boggs. Yeah, that um, was fun. Chris yep. Anderson, another dude who's getting back into it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're talking small venues, big venues, whatever. Um, but let's agree that, like, Lefties is, like, a step up from Boggs in the fact that it has, like, lights and a sound guy. Yeah. Uh, a more raised stage, et cetera. It's more dedicated to be a music venue. Yep. Um, so there's, like, your Boggs areas, which are, like, bars that have music, you know. And then Lefties, which is, like, a music venue that's a bar. Yeah. You yep. know. But... Lefties is still only so big, you know. And Vaudeville existed for a while, you know. Vaudeville Muse. Have you ever been to that one? Were you ever oh, there? Oh God, who did I see there? I think okay. I saw like Dropkick and some other like just scream and punk band. They might have been local. I don't remember. I was drinking pretty heavy at the time, but that was a hell of a show there. Yes. So Vaudeville is like Lefties, but a little bit bigger. Maybe not as high end though, because the lighting system was a little more basic. But you don't have to schlep your own gear. That feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Not bringing sound gear. Um, that's that's definitely awesome. So like, I mean, you think about like the sizes of these venues. And let's just say like Lefties and Vaudeville are like, Vaudeville's obviously was a little bit bigger. But like, mm-hmm. there's no Vaudeville anymore. So just delete it. Whoever. Yep. Lefties is, you know, Gas Lamp is another place. It was oh, called yeah. Blues on Grand, I believe. I think was what it was called before. But that place and Lefties are similar-ish in size and, yep. and and you know lights and sound and everything. So like. There's the next size venue up from that in Des Moines now is like Woolies, and then if you get beyond that, you have to play at like Vets or something. Yeah, so you're talking you got you got to there's like Fremont and Boggs or whatever. Those places can hold like a hundred people maybe, and like Lefties is maybe like 150, 200 or whatever. You know, it's like uh it's uh like 150 or 200 maybe or something like that. I'm just throwing out random numbers. I don't. I'll check the I'll check the you know the fire marshal listings mm-hmm. later. Excuse me, but like should be on the door. I tell you, it, it's it, they're actually posted. I just forget what they all say. And every venue I've actually seen them because I think they're supposed to be visible. But okay. yeah, I, I don't play those high end joints. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like if you could fit, you're here. But so like there's a big difference between like a place that'll have like maybe 200 and a place that's like 500 plus. You know, yeah. it's like there's a big difference between that. You know, it needs to be a place in between. You know, imagine. If like stand-up comedians had no theaters, it was like you're you're either doing stand-up comedy in like a comedy club that seats like 200, or you're in like a Chinese restaurant. Exactly. And nobody's paying attention. Uh-huh. And then the next step up is just like stadiums. Like that's mm-hmm. those are your only options. You know, so like sounds like Des Moines. Yeah, you know, that's uh-huh. kind of how it feels being down there. There's just not enough places to 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 do that. You know, and uh, and it's a shame because like um what is it court down there with everything on it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh. They've got the space for it. I just don't, you know, they're dedicated to selling beer. They don't care what's playing overhead while they do it. There are a few places popping up that uh, are down in court and other places like that that are starting to do things like that, though, that are starting finally starting to bring in. And I'm seeing, like, I'm starting to see, like, your, your Tank Anthony's and people like that are starting to come in there and play shows there, which is, is nice, you know. Um, I I mean, I, I wish I had my, you know, my phone's obviously using, being used to record this, but, like, if I had my phone, I'd just pull up a handful of lists of places, but, like, there's places down there that have music, and oh, they're start, they're starting to pop up and starting to pay people, and they're, the pictures I'm seeing there, they look like an absolute freaking blast, but, man, I mean, those, once again, those are those places where it's, like, you kind of got to bring your A game, you know, like... Yeah. And even then, you have to decide, like, is this is this a one-man show? Like, is this going to be enough sound for this place? Like, everybody, it depends on the mood in the room, what they want to hear. And if I had the Ramblers with me, like, we can own any joint because we can slow it down and make it as pretty as you want, you know. But when there's 250 people out there and you're, you know, playing on a trailer stage and you're covering 
you know, when you're standing there by yourself, it's a little naked sounding, and people are like, eh, I was expecting more, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to turn this into some giant debate. I mean, we were already pretty much at the end of this podcast, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just something I saw earlier today and yesterday that kind of sparked my interest, was like talking about how the scene is seems stagnant and like it hasn't changed or something in years and like nothing caught like people are basically getting paid almost the same price they were Mm -hmm. even though like inflation is just going nuts right now and yeah our guitar strings didn't go down in price and you know yeah nothing's gone down in price you know so i mean it is what it is but uh you know let's uh let's end this out with something uh, a little bit more upbeat and stuff so you're you got a lot of shows coming up this weekend let's run back over some of those shows all right let's see i got um iowa city on friday i'll be in clarion at fuel on thursday i'll be on the radio in keokuk friday morning and I'm playing that, I, f- I think it's the Lotus Ride. It's um, for like um, uh, domestic violence. Uh, it's like a women's organization and there's a bike ride going on for it, a motorcycle ride. And it starts in Claire and it ends in Claire and I donated my time for when it ends. And then after I get done playing there to all the, all the bikers, I'm gonna tell them to come over to Bootleggers if they're not already going to Celebration because I'll be playing Bootleggers Saturday night after I get done over in Claire. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, for everyone that does not want to, I'll tell you what, I've been to a lot of celebrations. I've probably been to about a third of them they've done, really? which, which I wouldn't say is like a ton, but I've been to a, quite oh. a few. But uh, if you don't want to struggle with people and traffic and parking and, oh, and yeah. just, it's not like a huge hassle, but if you just want to pull into a small, small bar and watch. And we're on the music, other side of town. You don't even have to worry about that. It's, it's yeah. going to be beautiful. That's the place to go. So. Yeah, if you guys are looking for something to do and not, and it's not Celebration, which is this weekend, yeah. which does have Lone Tree Revival. Yeah, I would like which, to see Jeremy play, man. But I, I have seen people posting online. I don't know if they're kidding, but they said they bought their tickets to see Lone Tree on a big stage. Checks out. Like, Honestly, because there's like one member of Molly Hatchet still left, and they're just like billing it like they're all still kicking and having a good time. And Yeah, that reminds me of when I saw the L.A. Guns live, and the guy... Uh, that was their lead singer. Like, everyone was, like, younger than me, or maybe, you know, but, like, the guy that was singing was like, when the L.A. Guns wrote this song and sang it in the 80s, and I was like, uh, what? Like, this British you're, guy. You're British all of a sudden? British guy's up there, like, talking about, like, when the L.A. Guns wrote this song, like, he's not the guy from the L.A. Guns. You know, uh-huh. Because he's not, but it was just yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, like legally, I have to make this disclaimer as blatant as possible. because yeah, <laughs> we, are, we are them by promotional aspect and name only. We... <laughs> I cannot say I wrote this song, you know. Or, and I'm not afraid to say my opinions out loud. Uh, my mom didn't raise a li- liar, and Brett Michaels is headlining. I have no desire whatsoever. Whatsoever. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, once again, uh, the people vote. Yeah. And I've, I've had to tell myself that over and over again. There's there's so many people that are just like, I cannot freaking wait to go see Brett Michaels. And guess I've what? I've heard that too, guess I guess. What? Uh. They're going to have a blast, yeah. and, and the Celebration people hired a good one again. You know, because they can't hire... You know, ZZ Top every year, you know, because yeah. that's who I want to see. You know, they can't yeah. hire Boston every year. That guy's dead. You know, yeah. you know, ZZ Top guy's dead. But, yeah. you know, like, everyone's dying anyways. But still, like, it's one of those things. Like, they're not going to hire the yeah. bands I want to see every single yeah. year. And, so. and they got a hit in the middle. It's not like they can afford a brand new artist, like, you know, because I can't imagine what they command. I imagine Brett Michaels is a little bit less, you know. Uh, yeah. I, at one point in time, uh, had talked to some of those people about how much some of that costs. It's pretty wild. I can't imagine. It's it's. I can't believe they can come up with the money and organize all of it that well. So whoever's doing that, like hats off to Celebration. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy feat. It's not an easy feat to run a yearly show at all, whether it's small bands or big bands. Yeah, they start working on it the day like it's done this year. It's like okay, let's get ready for next. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my gosh. 
Well, we got about an hour in here. Um, cool. Well, I don't know if there's anything else you want to you want to talk about. I, I feel like mm-hmm. maybe there was something else maybe I kind of wanted to bring up, but I can't remember what it was. Just going to be playing all over the place all summer. Yeah, and check them out it. online. Uh, Clint, Clint Riedel Music, pretty much everywhere online. You got a Facebook. Yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the easiest place to see what you're doing and where you're going and what's going on. So uh, hit them up on Facebook. There's going to be links down below. Hey, if you're not busy Saturday night, you want to play at Bootleggers? Uh, yeah, maybe. We'll cool. see what's going on. Right on, man. All right, so uh, maybe I'll be a bootlegger Saturday. We'll see what's going on. I, I, I got to get my... I, I feel like uh, I'm not getting any busier. Like, I've complained about being busy for a long time, but I just need to, like, nail my schedule down tighter, you know? Because, like, I, I've slotted out time for just enough stuff. And I just need to, I just need, because everyone's like, what are you doing this day? It's like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, yep. I should know. I should know these things. So I need to get that all nailed down. No, we're that important. I, if I don't have my calendar, I don't know. The craziest part about that, I'm, I'll bring this up with you because you'll like this. But like uh, at my job, I, I work for a very, very large corporation. Let's just say that, uh, that, hi, that has a lot, lot, lot of people. And, I'm, and uh, every now and then people will send out like inspirational things or whatever. And somebody sends something that said, uh, Never to tell people you're busy because, it, like exactly like you said, mm-hmm. it pretty much tells you I'm more important than you. Oh, sure, yeah. It's like, but you're not important. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're not important enough to me because uh-huh. what I'm doing is so important. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I am busy, but I'm sorry. Like, I'll, I'll figure my stuff out. And I'll quit complaining about it as much. I'm going to try not to because it, I don't know, it kind of like hit home. And it's not like they sent it to me because I complain about being busy and stuff, but it was they sent it to a lot of people. But it's just something kind of nice to <laughs> that think one just about. hit you in the chest. It did. Yeah. Of all the ones that have been sent to me, that was the one where I was like, oh, yeah, I see this happening in my life. I just need to uh, be happy that I have things that I can, you know, oh, do yeah. with my life. Yeah. You know? I'll- I'll end it on that all the time. I'm ecstatic to have this life. I've been retired for eight years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. You you were talking about that with some of your buddies talking with them, how they were just like, you don't do anything. It's like, well, it's not like you don't do anything. You, you still have to do stuff. Yeah. But we can also joke about how you said, like, yeah, I got pretty much have like a two or three day work week. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, someone's like, well, I know it's Friday. You'll probably be busy. It's like, yeah, that's the start of my two day work week right yep, there. Yep, which is, which is true. I mean, that's that's the only downfall is like, we don't get to be like, fly by the seat of our pants mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah i'm just gonna go over here and fart around on friday night and do whatever i'm gonna watch play video games all night or whatever. you know we get to do that but the benefit is we get to do it every other night of the week exactly so, you know, kind of to an extent but yeah a lot of golfing and motorcycle riding this summer that's been nice yep yep oh man well i mean the weather's pretty nice we uh, picked quite a heck of a day to sit outside and talk about this so we're yeah, watch absolutely. a volleyball game if you guys can hear it behind us yeah i unfortunately i had to watch it through the lenses of your glasses oh but nice <laughs> every now and then i'd see the ball and i'm like uh <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't warn you oh <laughs> thanks man you appreciate betcha. it all right well uh yeah this is this is a good one uh, we'll just we'll just there it was we'll we'll end it here and uh thanks for joining me man i appreciate it you bet anytime Oh man, I, I really enjoy doing these podcasts, uh, not just in a studio. It's really fun to be able to go places and record them. I can't remember the last one I sat out in public and did. It might have been one I did with Michael Husky, which was a, uh, that one got a lot of listens, a lot of listens. So uh, yeah, the outside ones, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're conducive to more people listening. I'm not sure. Who knows? Uh, go check Clint Riedel out this weekend. He's played all over the place. All over, he's always expanding his circle and going to new places. Because why not? You know, why not? Uh, you, try him out. You don't know who's going to like you where. You might as well just try it out if you're uh, into that kind of thing. So he's, he's all over the place. He's always going places. Check him out on Facebook. Click on the links down below. Uh, go, go watch his music videos. He's got a couple music videos we helped him make here at Audible Farm. Um, there's, there's all sorts of good stuff online with Clint. 
Uh, he's so much fun to go watch him play live. Just such a fun guy to hang out with. He's everybody's buddy. That's that's for sure. He's everybody's buddy. And uh, you know, I, I one of my one of my friends first time he met Clint, he said, hey, "Man, if you don't like Clint, I don't know if I'd probably like that person because Clint. Everybody should like Clint." And that's uh, you know, it's probably true. That's probably true. So go check him out live. Go watch his music. Uh, listen to him tell some stories for you. Uh, I might even be clowning around with him. You never know. You never know. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Go to audiblefarm.com. Find links to everything, including all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. While you're at the YouTube channel, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the channel. Or wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review, too. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to this, you can leave a review in some capacity or another. You can give it a, a, a like or a thumbs up or five stars and leave a comment or something so uh thank you guys for listening each and every week and uh, appreciate you guys tuning into this one with the guy that's been on the podcast more than anybody it's clint uh you know i'll tell you what he's he's been pretty pivotal in me going places and playing music so uh you got to give back any way you can man and uh, i'm happy to give back so thank you clint and uh thank you guys for listening i'm out peace